Alright, Jabosa, good morning. So today's daf is daf Gimel. We left off yesterday by Amar Rabbi Yehuda Beizam with Beiz, by Amar Rabbi Yehuda Maisa Behelin Yamalka. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 17 lines up from the bottom. So the Gemara says, remember, both said, we are in the midst of, thank you. Our shir today is sponsored by Karen and Akiva Noach Andrews, Riyotai, Karen's mother, Marsha Scheinberg, Marsha Bas David. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Mishnah will have an aliyah. So we'll say, remember again, we are in the midst of the fundamental machlokas in Rabbi Hudan Rabbanon in the Mishnah about a sukkah that's Lamala Me'estrin Amo. Sukkah 12 and 20 Amos, Rabbanon saying that it's puzzle. Rabbi Huda ultimately saying that Rabbi Huda saying that it is kosher. Rabbi Huda saying that it's kosher, and we saw yesterday three different understandings as to why a sukkah lamalame esrim amo would be possible. We then saw four different interpretations of the Machlokis Rabbi Huda and the Rabbana. So now Rabbi Huda is trying to support his position. I'm Rabbi Huda. There was an episode of Helen Yamalka, and so I spent it off the shir yesterday speaking about who was Helen Yamalka. She was one of the Hash, she was one of the descendants of the Hasmoni of the Hashmonoi Empire. She herself was a very righteous woman, despite the fact that many of her predecessors were not. So the story told about Helen Yamalka, who was sitting in her sukkah in wood, and her sukkah was told in 20 Amos. And the elders, the Rabbanim, were walking in and out of the sukkah, and they didn't say anything. So Rabbi Yehuda says, oh, what do you see from here? That a sukkah, that's Lamala, Me'esrim Amah, is in fact kosher. Amrlo, they said, Rabbi Yehuda, Misham Raya, that's the best you got, right? That's the Raya you're bringing. Number one, Isha Haisa, Uptura Mina Sukkah. Helene Amalka is a woman. A woman is exempt from sukkah. Sukkah is a mitzvah, it's a time-bound commandment. So she's exempt. So why would the rabbis have to comment on the kashras of her sukkah? Aye, but she had seven sons. Helene Amalka had seven sons. Furthermore, everything Helene Amalka did, she did with rabbinic instruction. She did everything on the, uh, by, by the rabbis. So the Gemara says, Why didn't you add in that phrase, and furthermore, everything she did, she did through, she ran it by the rabbis. So the Gemara says, This is what it means to say. So remember, the Rabbi Huda countered that Helen Yamaka had seven sons. So the Gemara says, I maybe I'll say that her seven sons were Kitanim, were all children. So the Gemara says, well, that's and therefore they're Potter. Kevan the Shiva Habu Tush the Gemara responds, since they were seven, Efshar we will see later on that the halacha is that Katan childhood does not need his mother. Which means a child when a child is old enough that he does not need to be with his mother every moment of the day. For some people that takes a very long time. Right? <laughs> so 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 the moment that the child no longer needs his mother, Lamaisi he's chayiv and sukkah. Obviously, before the age of Bar Mitzvah, he'll still be rabbinically obligated, but he's chayiv and sukkah. So the Gemara says like this: If Helen Yamaka has seven sons, there's no way that what at least one of them must be at the age that he does not need his mother. So the Gemara says. I'm sorry. I, but maybe you'll say, fine, even if there's a son who does not need his mother, that obligation for that child, for that son to be in the sukkah is only midirabanan. The ihi 
Maybe Helen Yamalka was not careful with the Rabbanans. Therefore, what does the Brisa say? Tashma, v'od, kol ma'asehelo asasehele apichachamim. That's why the Brisa says that everything Helen Yamalka did, she did by the word of the Rabbanans. So Rabbanans, here's what we have. Helen Yamalka herself may not be chayiv in sukkah, but she definitely has a son that is chayiv in sukkah. Ah, her son maybe is only chayiv in sukkah, the Rabbanans. Well, Helen Yamalka is makpedes. She was makpida on the Rabbanans. She is careful even with the Rabbanans. Now Rabbi Huda says, you see my raya. Because Helen Yamaka, who has a son who has the age of Chinuch, who's chayv in Sukkah, and Helen Yamaka is, is careful, even with rabbinic obligations, like Chinuch, the Rabbanim are walking in and out of her Sukkah. It's the Malami Esri Mama, and what do they say? Okay. Nothing. Which indicates that what? They blessed her Sukkah. That's the Malami Esri Mama. Rabbi Huda says, here's my raya. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, Bishram Alaman, the Amr, Remember, now the Gemara is going to go back for a moment, and remember, we interpreted the Machlok Shabbat the Rabbanon to be dealing in different situations. So, according to the Mandam who says, This is Rabbi Yoshia. So, according to Rabbi Yoshia, who was the first sheet on Amud Beis, who said that the Machlok Shabbat the Rabbanon is only in a case where what? Where the walls don't reach the Schach. If the walls reach the schach, then everyone agrees that the sukkah l'malami esrim amma is okay. So according to Mandar, Rabbi Yoshua says that Machloki says when the walls don't reach the schach, mach, excuse me, darka shalmaka leishe basukah she'in defanos magios l'schach. So it would be in fact derech of a queen to sit in a sukkah to sit in a sukkah where the walls don't reach the schach. Top of Gimel Y, Mishum Avira. Rabbi say, why would you go ahead and create a sukkah where the walls don't reach the schach? Rashi says Mishum Avira. Because the interesting part is if you leave a gap in between your walls and the schach, then what happens? You allow for airflow. You allow for airflow. So therefore, I will say, therefore, according to this approach, this is a good proof for Rabbi Yehuda. Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, now we're dealing with the sukkah. And yet the Rabbanim didn't say anything about the sukkah. But according to Madama who said, the Machlokes Shabbat Rabban is in a Sukkah Kitana. I will say we saw two versions of this Machlokes yesterday. Are they arguing about a Sukkah that's Dalit by Dalit? Are they arguing about a Sukkah that's Rosho, Rubo, Bishulchano? Without getting into that right now, the point is that according to the Manzam who says that the Machlokes is about a Sukkah Kitana, Bechidarka Shalmalka Leishe Besukkah Kitana, would it be the Derech of a queen to sit in a small Sukkah? Doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says, Amra bar Amar Rabba Barab Ada Lo Nitzricha Ella Lusukah Asuya Kitonios Kitonios. Oh, what are we talking about over here? A sukkah that was made in compartments. So we'll say if you take the sheet that I gave you, the handout for today. I keep one. Thank you. So if you look at the sukkah that we're that we're looking at, so this is picture eleven. This is picture eleven. This is what we call a sukkah Kitonios Kitonios. A sukkah made of multiple smaller compartments. So I would heal any amalka have a have a sukkah of ketonios ketonios. So the answer would seem to be that this way she had multiple multiple spaces, multiple areas for her entourage. So therefore, again, I will say what you could have over here is a sukkah that let's say is pachos midalad al dalid or zayin al zayin, whichever one. And that would, and therefore, again, it was the ma'la me'estrim ama. And that's why Rabbi Yehuda ultimately sees this as a proof to his position that even a sukkah, even what we call the small sukkah, and again, whichever shear we're going with, that's the ma'la me'estrim ama is a kosher sukkah. 
because this is what Hila and Yarmalka is living in. This is what everyone else is living in. And the Rabbanim didn't say anything. So the Gemara says, Would a queen live in such a sukkah? Would a queen live in such a sukkah? To which the Gemara says, The answer is, the answer is that the queen would live in her ketonis, in her compartment. Now, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. She has one large suga for her for her entourage, for everybody joining her. And there's a smaller compartment for her for modesty purposes. So look at picture number 12. So if you see over here, you're looking at the aerial view, obviously without the schach of what the Gemara was suggesting was the sukkah of Helen Yamalka. So if you'll notice again what happens, there's like a little, a little compartment over there, a little recessed area. So the Gemara suggests that was the private sukkah of Helen Yamalka. And that sukkah obviously opened up into the much larger sukkah where everyone else was. Now what the Gemara is suggesting over here is the following, that it could be that the sukkah where Helen Yamalka herself sat was a small sukkah, less than Dalit by Dalit, less than Zion al Zion, but there's a much larger area, obviously, where everyone else is sitting. So what the Gemara, what the Rabbanim, what the Rabbanim are now countering back to Rabbi Huda. Remember, what did Rabbi Huda want to say? Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda wanted to say that Helani Hamalka is sitting in a sukkah that's pachos mikashir, that's less than the requisite area, and yet what? And it's lemalum esrim ama, and the rabbis didn't say anything. And Rabbi Huda wanted to use it as a riot to say what? That a sukkah, that's lemalum esrim ama, is kosher, no matter what the circumstances. What the Gemara now is just Rabbi Huda is, no, 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 it's not true. True. Helani Hamalka was sitting in Apostle sukkah. So why did no one say anything to her? Because she's not chayeves in sukkah. She's not chayeves in sukkah. So why do you have to chat her about the sukkah if she's not chayeves in sukkah? I, what about everyone else? Everyone else was okay. Why was everyone else okay? Because Rabosa, again, remember, everyone else was sitting in the sukkah. Yes, there was the Malame Esrim Amma, but had a much larger area. And remember, again, according to this approach, whether, again, it's it's the Panos Magios, the Schach, or a larger area, the point is, in this version of the Gemara, both Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Rabbanu will agree that a sukkah that has the requisite area, whatever that is, more than Dalit by Dalit, or more than Zayin al Zayin, ultimately, even if it's the Malame Esrim Amma, will still be kosher. Therefore, the Gemara has effectively refuted this, this proof of Rabbi Huda. So, the Gemara, let's read inside. The Gemara says... Uh, <laughs> the rabbi saw that Helani's sons, whoever were obligated in sukkah, were sitting in a kasha sukkah. And she was sitting in her own private sukkah because of modesty. And because of that, they chose not to say anything to Helani Amalko. But Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda says, in Rabbi Huda's version of Osa, I know Helani was not sitting apart from her sons, but rather what? Yeah, she yeah. was sitting with her sons. She was sitting with her sons. So again, according to Rabbi Huda, Bosa, what you'd have to say is that Helani Amalka was sitting in a sukkah that was less than Dalit al Dalit with her sons. It could be the rest of the entourage was sitting in the larger sukkah, but she and her sons, including the ones who are now subject to the mitzvah of sukkah, at least mid were sitting in this sukkah together, and yet the rabbis didn't say anything. And therefore, Rabbi Huda says it's a raya that a sukkah that's the malami esrim amma, even if it's a small sukkah, the mice is still kosher. So the Gemara goes right there. Amr of Shmobar Yitzchok, halocha. What is the halacha? Rabbi Osai, the, the, the halacha is. 
that a sukkah must must be able, the minimum shear of a sukkah is that it has to be able to hold rosho rubo shulchano. It has to be able to hold your head, the majority of your body, and your table. Rabbi said, this is how the shulchan aruch paskins halacha lemaisa. The area of such a sukkah will be 21 inches squared. So the minimum shear, the minimum shear for a sukkah is 21 inches squared. So, which is interesting, by the way, you know, it's very small. But you, you notice, you know, this is actually a relatively new innovation. So they came out a couple of years ago with this pop-up sukkah. So if, that's a, if you want to just get an idea as to what the minimum shear for a sukkah, that's actually a little bit larger than the minimum shear for a sukkah. But these one-person sukkahs, so that, that halochalamaisa is the minimum shear for a sukkah. Rosho rubo shulchano. Amrli Rabbi Abba, Kiman, whose opinion does this reflect? Kibay Shammai. It, it, it reflects, we'll see where Be Shammai says in just a moment. It reflects the opinion of Be Shammai. Amrli, Elo Kiman, who else should we hold like? Meaning, what he's responding is, of course, I hold like Be Shammai. Ikida Amri, Amr Rabbi Abba, the Amr Lechamani. Rabbi Abba said, who holds like this? Amrli, Be Shammai, below Tazuz Mine. It's Be Shammai Shita. And I will not veer from it. We'll see where Beis Shammai indicates that his position is Rosh Hashanah over Shulchanu in just a moment. Mas kiflar anachem by Yitzchok. Mimai de Beis Shammai u Beis Hillel besuka kitana pligi. Dilma besuka gedola pligi. So we'll say, how do we know that Machlokis Beis Shammai, which we have not yet quoted, but how do we know that Machlokis Beis Shammai is referring to a suka kitana? Maybe Machlokis Beis Shammai is referring to a suka gedola. Now, where would they have Machlokis and a suka gedola? Ukigon de Yosef Apuma de Mitulasa, Vishulchono Biso Habayis. And maybe they're arguing in the following case. Where what? Where you're sitting at the entranceway of the sukkah and your table is inside the house. So I will say if you turn the page on your on your handout, you could see over here. First of all, you could see in number 14, that's the minimum shear. In number four, and the guy's having a little bit of time in that sukkah over there. It's one big bottle of wine and one small loaf of bread. You can see he's already he's got his hands up in the air. Okay, so, so that's, that's the minimum shear for sukkah. And mostly interesting, remember I pointed out to you yesterday that Rosho Rubo Vishulchan, the way Rashi interpreted it was that why do you have to say Rosho Rubo Shulchan? Why do you say Rosho Rubo? Wherever your head is, that's generally where the majority of your body is. So we pointed out yesterday, Rashi said, because people would eat beheseba. People would eat reclining. So if you're eating reclining, you can have your head in the sukkah, but your body <coughs> is not there. So it's interesting. <coughs> the way we define Rosho Rubo Vishulchano is in a sitting position. That's how you get Rosho Rubo in such a small area. In any event, look at 15. So the Gemara is suggesting over here that maybe the Machlokis Beishamiso, which we have not yet quoted, is not dealing with the sukkah kitan, not dealing with the small sukkah, but rather dealing with the following case. What happens if a person has a sukkah that is the requisite shear? But what happens? I have, I'm sitting in the sukkah, but if you'll notice, my table, my table is at least somewhat extending into the house. My table's in, the, like, part of it's in the sukkah, but it's extending into the house. So the Gemara says, Debeish Shammai Sabri, Shammai is concerned that what? Home is where your table is. And therefore, if your table extends into your house, what could happen? You're going to end up following the food into the house. And therefore, again, even though the sukkah has the requisite shear, Shammai will hold that such a setup is not good. On the other hand, Beisillah hold. Beisillah hold, no, we're not concerned that you're going to follow your table into the sukkah. As long as part of your table is with you in the sukkah, that's absolutely enough. So the Gemara says, Furthermore, a raya to this is that the Mishnah itself says, the Raisa says, 
Bishulchano Bisulcha Bayis Beishamai Poslin Ubeisila Machshirin. What did what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah spoke about this case explicitly. Someone who had Rosho Rubo in the Sukkah, but his Shulchan was in the house. Beishamai says it's possible. Ubeisila says it's kosher. Vim Isa. So we'll say, interestingly enough, if you want to say that the Machlokis Beshama Beisilal is about the minimum shear of a sukkah, then what the way the Mishnah should read is, Mishahaya or a sukkah, Mishahaya Rosh Rubo, Besukah something like that, Lashon. You know, what the Gemara says, let me take a step back. What, the, what happened before is, Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchok said that the halacha is that a sukkah has to hold <clears throat> and then Rav Shmuel, Rav, Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchok said, where do I get that from? I get that from the position of Beishamai. The Gemara then brings down this case over here of talking about where the table, where the table is extending into the house. And the Gemara shows, you see from here that what? That Beishamai requires your table to be in your sukkah. Now somehow Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchok understood that to mean that according to Beishamai, the minimum shear of a sukkah is that it has to hold Rosho Rubo Vishokhano. All the Gemara is suggesting over here is you can't necessarily understand from this case of where the table extends into the house of the minimum shear that Beishamai holds for sukkah. Because again, just because Beishamai says that your table has to be inside the sukkah does not automatically translate into Beishamai holding that the minimum shear for sukkah is Rosho Rubo Vishokhano. So the Gemara says, Vim Isa, because if you want to say that the Beishamai still in the Mishnah is that the minimum shear of sukkah, Machzekes. The Mishnah should have spoken about a sukkah and ultimately what it's able to contain within its dimensions. So the Gemara says, Are you trying to tell me then that Beisham Beisel do not argue on the minimum dimensions of a sukkah? But we learned, that if a sukkah holds Rosh Rubal Vishokhan, the sukkah is kosher. Rebbe Omar Rebbe says, Rebbe says, no, I will say, remember, the shear of Rosh Rubal Vishokhan is what? Zayin Tfachim by Zayin Tfachim. So that's the first opinion. Rebbe comes along and says, four Amos by four Amos, which obviously is significantly larger. Betanya Idach, furthermore, we have another price that says, Rebbe Omar Rebbe says, Kol sukkah she'in ba'arba Amos al arba Amos, psula. Rebbe says, any sukkah that doesn't have dimensions of Dalar Amos by Dalar Amos is possible. The Chachomer Mom, the Chachomer say, Afilo eina machzekes ela rosho virubo, kshira. And yet the Chachomer say that what? Even if a sukkah holds rosho virubo, and yet interestingly enough, the Gemara picks up, the ilu shulchano lo katoni. But yet it doesn't mention anything about the shulchan. Kashan ahadodi. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, ela lav shmamina habe shamai habe silam. But rather, we see from here that what? That this Mishnah, this price is indicative of a more fundamental machlokes between Beishamai and as to the minimum shear of a sukkah. According to Beishamai, the minimum shear of a sukkah is what? Rosho Rubo Shulchano. According to Beishilal, the minimum shear of a sukkah is Rosho Verubo. Rosho Verubo. As long as you don't even have to be able to get your table in there, Rosho Verubo. So the Gemara says, Even the Mishnah that we quoted before seems to bring a riot. So I like, where we're holding right now is that the Machlokis will argue, actually, I'm not going to say that, I will see it inside in just a moment. So our Mishnah also supports this assertion, namely, that will argue about the fundamental minimum, minimum, um, 
dimensions for a sukkah. This midiktani beshamai poslin ubeisilo machshirin. The fact that it uses the lashon say of pasul and kosher. Vim isa, and if you want to tell me that beshamai will only argue about what say. In the case of where you have a large sukkah, but the table is inside the house, then what? It should have said beshamai omrim lo yatsa ubeisilo omrim. Remember, again, in the case of where the table extends into the house, that's not a kosher puzzle case. What is that? That's a yatsa lo yatsa case. Why? Because kosher and puzzle are only used when? When referring to the actual dimensions of the circle. This, we learned this already on Amud Aleph. Or not just dimensions, when referring to the details, the details, the building details, the structural details of the sukkah. But when you're talking about details as to where things are positioned, or if I have a kosher sukkah, if I'm utilizing it correctly, that's not kosher puzzle. That's yatsa lo yatsa. So the Gemara says, ve'ela kashya mishahaya. So we'll say, here's, here's the problem. See, just so you understand what we're struggling with over here, because it is a it is a significant struggle. We have we have essentially one case, one case that where the where the Mishnah records and it's in this case of picture fifteen. It's this case over here again of where the guy is sitting in a sukkah and his table extends into his house. And what happens? Beishamai says you're not. Beishamai says lo yatsa, and Beisilo says yatsa. But yet we also see from this case that what that lemaisa they're also arguing on the dimensions of a sukkah. But yet the fundament the, the minimum dimensions of a sukkah that Beishamai says it has to be rosher rubo and Beisilo says it's enough that it's just rosher rubo. The question is how does this stim? So how do we see that that, that fundamental machlokes to Beishamai on the minimum minimum dimensions of a sukkah? From this case of Misha Haya, of Misha Haya, Rosh of Ruba Besukah, Bishokhana Besokhabai, which the Gemara answers, the Olam Betarti Pligi. Bishamisil argue in two cases. They argue Pligi Besukah Kitana, or Pligi Besukah Gidola. There are two Machloks in Rabbosai between Bishamisil. One is in, when we say Sukkah Kitana, Sukkah Kitana means the minimum dimensions of a Sukkah. And they also argue on Sukkah Gidola, which means this case of Misha Haya, Rosh of Ruba Besukah, Bishokhana. And in reality, there is a piece missing from the Mishnah, and here's how it must read. Part one. Case number one, somebody's sitting in a sukkah, but their table's inside the house. Beishamai says, you are not Yotze. Beishilo says, Yotze. Beishilo says, you're Yotze. Furthermore, Machlokis number two, Vishaina Machzekes Elokide Rosho Virubo Bilvat, I and about a sukkah that only could contain your head and most of your body and not your table. Beishamai Postlin, Ubeisilo Machshirin. Beishamai says it's possible, Beisilo says it's conscious. This is the bottom line. We have two Machlokis in Beishamai and Beisilo. Case number one, Mishaya Rosho Virubo. Besoch asoka, Vishokhano Besoch Abayis, case number one, Beishamai Pasal, Beisil Kasher, case number two, Sukha that only holds Rosha Verubo, Beishamai Pasal, Beisil Kasher. Man Tanalahadatan Rabbanam. Who is the opinion reflected in the following Braisa? Sheein Bo Arba Amos Al Arba Amos. I will say, if you have a structure, this is actually a very interesting Gibara. If you have a structure that is less than Dalit by Dalit, Structure is less than, and this is Amos now. Four Amos, remember, four Amos is approximately, quote, uh, six feet. Six feet. All right, so if somebody has a structure that's less than six feet by six feet, number one, Pater Min such a structure is not subject to Mezuzah. Number two, Min Ma'akeh, 
It's not such a nice if you have a structure with a flat roof, you must go ahead and put a maki. You must put a fence, protect the fence around that roof. Number three, the there's a concept of Saraas Habayis. A home that is less than Dalit by Dalit is not subject to the laws of Saraas Habayis. Number ne- next, let's count. I'll say another very interesting halacha. If you go ahead, like it rashi, we'll say the halacha is when you sell a home in a walled city, there's a very interesting, normally when you sell property, so you have the ability to redeem that property whenever you want. And if you don't redeem it, what happens? Comes the yobel, your property goes back to its original owners. There's one notable exception to this, which is if you sell property in a walled city. If you property in a walled city, you have one year to redeem it. If you don't exercise your right to redemption the first year, then what happens? It's gone. It doesn't come back to Yovel either. Sefer Achinuch explains that the reason for this is because walled cities were often border cities. Border cities were necessary for, for the security of Eretz Yisrael. The security of the city is totally dependent on what? The residents knowing each other and the residents knowing the city. If you have constant turnover of ownership, in the properties in the walled city are going to undermine the security, not just of the city, but undermine the security of Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, the Torah makes a special stipulation. You've got one year to redeem your property. If you don't do it, it's gone, and it's gone forever. So, so if you have a structure that's less than Dalit al Dalit in a walled city, this concept does not apply. And I will say again, remember one of the one of the one of the, in, in Kisete, so Sarah speaks about the different reasons why a soldier would be permitted to not have to fight. To not have to fight. So one of the reasons that the Gemara quotes is what? Is that somebody who built a Misha Banabais Velochanacho. So you can imagine, you know, Yanko raises his hand, you know, I just put up a shed. And I put up a shed in the backyard. I really should go back. It's on my mind. It was beautiful. It was nice to have my lawnmower, my slow blower. So the URS is not so quick. If you have a structure that's less than Dalit by Dalit, you don't go back from war for that. Next, so such a home that's less than Dalit by Dalit is not part of Erev Chatseros. Remember again, I will say back to our Erev in days. You have multiple homes that open up into one Chatser. In order to be able for the homes to carry it to the Chatser, the homes have to join together to form one collective ownership unit. How do they do that? Everybody contributes bread in order to go ahead and be part of the Erev. Halokha Lemaisa. A home that's less than Dalit al Dalit need not contribute towards the Eruv. Next, remember again, you have multiple chaseros that open up into one mavoi. In order for the residents of the chaser to carry into the mavoi, what has to happen? What has to happen? Everybody has to join together in another Eruv like that. If you have one mavoi, and if, if, or one mavoi that only has a structure of less than Dalit by Dalit, that mavoi does not, excuse me, one chaser that has a structure that's less than Dalit al Dalit, that structure need not join in with the sheet of Muvaos. Why? Because the mice, again, it's insignificant. Furthermore, if you have a, if you have a structure that's less than Dalit al-Dalit, that structure, in the Erev Chatseros, you must place the collected food in one space, in one home. You can't, you can't place the Erev food in a structure that's less than Dalit by dalit on the base. The in Osin also Ibor Ben Shte Ayar. So it's another very interesting case. Quickly, only because timing. Otherwise, you'd have a lot more time to go into all these things. This is back to Erevin. Remember again, the is you have a concept of a tchum. 
Tchum says you have 2,000 amas from the edge of your city. Chazal gave a city what's called the Karpev. A Karpev is an area of 70 and two-third amos. 70 and two-third amos. So each city is essentially considered to have like an external boundary of 70 and two-thirds amos. Technically speaking, and the Tchum, by the way, would be measured from the edge of the Karpev. Technically speaking, if you have city A and city B, and city A and city B are, let's say, within 141 amos of each other, then what ends up happening? They actually form one large tchum. One large tchum because their carfafes overlap, and therefore that allows them to be considered like one, like one entity. To take that a step further, if you have two cities that are exactly 141 and one-third amos apart, which means that their two carfafes end exactly at each other. They don't overlap, they end at each other, and you have a house, you have a home, a residence, that sits mamish on top of those boundaries, so it straddles the two boundaries, that house, that house joins the two cities into one extended tchum. So what the Gemara is saying over here is, if, you, if, if that house, so to speak, is a structure that is less than dalid by dalid, then what? It doesn't work. Furthermore, and also brothers or partners can't split this up. Now I will say, what does that mean? If you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, So we'll say, what the Gemara Suzuki is talking about now, although we will challenge this later on, is that part, if, part, if you have two partners who happen to share together in a, in a structure that is less than Dalit by Dalit, they cannot, one can't force the other to split up the property. One of the interesting things in halachic business partnerships is one partner has the right to cause the other to dissolve the partnership. To dissolve the partnership. Now, Chazal often speak about this in terms of property, real property, but it also applies in other areas as well. So what the Havamina is, that if two people, Reuben and Shimon, own this less, this structure that's less than Dalit by Dalit, neither Reuben nor Shimon could capel upon the other to split the property. We'll see what this means in just a little bit. So the Gemara says, Whose opinion is this? Who's, so now, they'll say, what's the common denominator among all of these things? Common denominator, what, what's the take-home message? A structure that is less than Dalit Amos by Dalit Amos is not significant. It's not significant. I will say, again, we don't, truth is, we don't really care right now about any of these cases, except, except the one that's not mentioned here, which is Sukkah. So the Gemara says, Lema, whose opinion is reflected over here? So the Gemara says, Lema Rebbe, it must be Rebbe. Why? Below Rabbanon, and not the Rabbanon, I will say. Why? Look at Rashi. Because remember, we had Rebbe, we had Rebbe already on Beis on Beis, teaching us that what? That a sukkah must at least have dimensions of Dalit al Dalit, and not the Rabbanon. So the Gemara said, look at Rashi. Below Rabbanon, it must now remember the Rabbanon hold that even a sukkah that's less than Dalit by Dalit, as long as it holds Rosh Hashanah, is going to be enough. Then I will say, we, it, would appear, it would appear that Rebbe, who says that a structure that's less by Dalit by Dalit is not good for sukkah, that's because he holds a structure that's less than Dalit by Dalit is insignificant. And that's why, again, all of these things just mentioned over here make perfect sense according to Rebbe. However, according to the Rabbana, they say that even a sukkah that's less than Dalit by Dalit is a kosher sukkah, they should also say what? That for all of these things mentioned over here, that a structure less than Dalit by Dalit should also be chayibin mezuzah, chayibin makir, all the things mentioned over here. To which the Gemara says, no. To which the Gemara says, afilu timur No, it's not true. The price that we just quoted before that exempts a structure that's less than Dalit by Dalit from all of these halachic details can even be according to the Rabbana. Why? 
the diras araihi. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Why do the Rabbanon, why the Rabbanon machshir sukkah that's less than dalit by dalit? It's not because they hold that less than dalit by dalit is called a structure. It's vakir, just the opposite. It's because sukkah is a dirasarai. It's because sukkah is a temporary dwelling. And because of that, Rabbanon it need not conform to the regular basic obligations of what creates a structure. Therefore, lemaisa, again, when it comes to sukkah, they say that a structure less than dalit by dalit is good. But in all of these other cases, what? They would hold that a structure would have to be dalit by dalit as well. So the avalagabe bias, excuse me, avalagabe bias, the diras kevahu, when it comes to a home which is supposed to be a permanent structure, afilu rabbonon motu. Even the rabbis agree, if it has dalit by dalit, then people would live in it. And if not, people would not live in it. So I will say what comes out over here is the following. What comes out is, number one, number one, that both the, both Rebbe and the Rabbanon will agree, uh, both Rebbe and the Rabbanon will agree that in all of these cases that we just mentioned over here, in order for a structure to be considered a house, which is which is the common denominator of all of these halachic obligations, it has to be dalit al dalit. The machlokis is by a sukkah. The rabbanon hold that by a sukkah because it's dirasarai, it can even be pachos mi dalit al dalit. Whereas Rebbe holds that for a sukkah because it's dira, excuse me, whereas Rebbe holds that for a sukkah, even though it is dirasarai, it must conform to the basic dimensions of a domicile, which means that it still has to be dalit al dalit. So now the gemara is going to go through this whole list. Amaran, Pater Minam Zuzah, Minam Maka, Benam Atami Benigoim, Beno Nechla Pater Echama, Ben Chosmal Mirachim Echama. So the Martin says, My time, what's the reason why a structure that less than Dalit by Dalit is exempt of all of these things? My time, the bias Siv Bahu Bekulu. Because we're both saying all of these things, the Torah says, bias. The Torah says that you require a home. You require a home for mezuzah. You require a home for protective fence. You require a home for tsara Sabais. You require a home for the laws of one-year redemption for a home in a walled city. You require a home to be able to return from work. So the Torah uses the of bias for all of these things, and the minimum definition of a bias is what? Dalaramis by Dalaramis. Furthermore, again, such a home does not need to contribute to the Eruv. Such a home does not need to require, to, does not need to contribute to Shituf Muvaos, and for such a home, you may not place the Eruv Chatseros inside of it, my time, what's the reason? Because such a home is not fit for living in. When we say fit for living in, we mean on a permanent basis. The definition of a home is not a place where you could spend the night. The definition of a home is a place where you could set up a residence. So all of these things, meaning in order to be in order to be obligated to contribute to the Erev Chatzeros, in order to be obligated to contribute to the sheet of Muvos, in order to be able to be a place that is fit to place the collected Erev, you have to satisfy domicile requirements. You have to be a place where people can live. Pachos midalad al-dalad, people can't live there. Eruve chatseros in manichimbo. See, interestingly enough, although you can't place an Eruve chatseros in it, aval shituf manichimbo. But Rabbi say, what can you do? You can go ahead and place shituf mubos. Remember, also, what's shituf mubos? Remember, shituf mubos means you have multiple chatseros opening up into a mavoi. A mavoi is like an alleyway that leads out to Rosh Hashanah. In order for the people to carry from their chatzar, remember, they're carrying from their home into the chatzar through the vehicle of Erev Chatzeros. In order to be able to carry from the chatzar into the mavoi, you need something called shituf muvaos. So the Gemara now says, however, that although if you have if you have one chatzar and all that chatzar has in it 
is a home that's less than Dalit al Dalit, that home or that chutzr need not contribute to the sheet of Muvaos. Yet, interestingly enough, you could take the collective food of the sheet of Muvaos and you could place it where? Inside that inside that house, inside that structure of Dalit al Dalit. So the Gemara says, my time up. Why is that? Dilogara because that chatzar, or that home, I should say, which is less than Dalal al Dalit, is no worse than one of the chatzeros that, that borders the Mavui. This none we learned. Eruve chatzeros, the chatzar. You place an Eruv chatzeros in the chatzar. Shituf, shitufe Mavui, the Mavui. And you place the Shituf Mavaos in the Mavui. So Mar says, what does that mean? Bahabinaba, we ask about that. Eruv chatzeros b'chatzer. Is that true that you place the eruv chatzeros in the chatzer? Vatanava. We learned hanosin eruvo bebeis shar achsadra umir peses eno eruv. Vosa. We learned back in our eruvin days that if you place your eruv in a beis shar, vosa. Beis shar is a gatehouse. Achsadra is a portico. Mir peses is like peses. Literally, is like a terrace. It's when people lived in two-story structures, so there would be like a terrace area. People would walk out of their homes. <coughs> yeah, there must be a better word than terrace for it. But uh, they walk on the terrace in front of them. You can't place an area of chaseros in any of these places. Where does an area of chaseros have to be placed? Area of chaseros has to be placed in a home. For furthermore, v'hadarsham eno oser. And if one lives in one of these areas, one goes to live in the gatehouse, one lives in the achsadra, one lives in the merpesas, these are not considered real domiciles, and therefore the Maisa, they would not restrict the mobility of the other members of the Chatzar. What does the What does it mean that you're placing the Erev in the Chatzar, that you're placing the Mavui, in the sheet of Mavos in the Mavui? So the Gemara says, Rather, what does it mean? When you make an Erev Chatzeros, which again, remember, everybody's contributing food, placing that food in one place in the chazer that makes it like the chazer is owned by one person, which then allows everyone to carry from their home into the chazer. Where do you place that food? Bebayis shebe That must be placed in a home. Vishitufe muvaos bechazer sheve mavui. And you have to place the sheet of muvaos in one of the chazeros. Vahai lo gara mechazer sheve mavui. And Rabbo said, the halacha is now that you could place, you could place the sheet of muvaos in the chazer, in the, or I should say in the home, that's less than Dalit by Dalit. Why? Because that home that's less than Dalit by Dalit essentially is insignificant, is nothing. <clears throat> it's no different than placing the sheet of Muvaos in the Chatzar itself, which is permitted. And furthermore, you can't go ahead, remember, and make and make this home, this, this home that's less than Dalit al Dalit, into the Ibor, literally into the connection between the two Karfavs between two cities. It's not even like a hut. I will say, if you look at Rashi, bargaining, it's the fourth white line on the bottom of Rashi. Srif, Sha'osin min arava bekanim, the shomre peros, or outside the ovos, betanya be'irovin bekezen me'arvin, bargaining mis abinim. And I will say, it's very interesting. So bargaining was like a little hut. It was made out of reeds, made out of willow branches. And why would they do it? It was a structure to provide shelter for people who are out in the field, either watching the fruit, or for people, or for hunters. So I will say, here's what's interesting. The Gemara says that bargaining, this little hut, can in fact create a connection between the two cities, which means, so imagine, if you have a hut, so you have two city A, city B, and literally their car faiths end right at each other. They, they, they border each other, but they not overlap. And you have a bargaining, and you have a hut that sits on top of these two borders. That hut joins the two cities. Now, this is very dramatic, because why should, it, why should a structure less than Dalit by Dalit be any worse than a bargaining, to which the Gemara says, my timer, 
Borginin is a very interesting idea. My timer, Borginin, Borginin, Chazalim Osayu, Vahai, Lo Chazalim Osayu. I will say, you know why? Because Lemaisa, a Borginin may be small, but a Borginin fulfills its purpose. That, right, the job of a bargaining is to be small and to be able to offer temporary shelter to the hunter or to the person who's watching the fruit. <coughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, Lamaisa, a home is supposed to be like the Mosai, supposed to be able to provide permanent residence. And a home that's Pachos Midalad al Dalit cannot do that. So essentially what the Gemara says is that in order for a structure to be a valid structure, it has to what? It has to fulfill its purpose. It's incredible. There's, there's, there's a message in that. There's a message in that as well, a deeper message. And in order for a structure to be a structure, it has to fulfill its purpose. If it looks like a structure but doesn't actually do anything in life, it doesn't fulfill its purpose, then the Maisa it's not halachically viable and therefore not fulfill all of these criteria. So the Maisa says, Vashutvin Cholkinbo. Furthermore, again, the Shutvin, the, excuse me, the Ein Ha'achin Ha'shutvin. Chalkimbo and brothers who are partners cannot split this area. So the Gemara says, "Time of the Lespe Dalit." The reason why brothers can't force a division over here is why, because the area doesn't have Dalit Amis. Ha Ispe Dalit Chalkin, but the inference would be what bro said that if the structure did have Dalit Amis, brothers or partners would be able to demand. When we say brothers, by the way, brothers is in the context of Yerusha. The brothers jointly inherit something from their father. So the Mashmos is that what that if it had Dalit, they would be able to order a order a division. But we learned But yet we learned elsewhere that what? That you can't force division of property unless what, Rabosai? Unless each partner or each brother is going to walk away with the minimum of Dalit Amas. I'm going to leave you with that question. We'll stop over here. We'll pick up Mamish with this tarots tomorrow. So Rabosai, again, just to review, we do come out with something very, very important over here. A very important piece of Allah the minimum share for a sukkah is Rosho Rubo Bishokhano. That's number one. The other important piece of information to remember today, Machogis Besham Basilo is in two areas. Number one, the minimum share of a sukkah, Beshamai holds Rosho Rubo Shokhano, Basilo holds Rosho Rubo. Interestingly enough, we paskin like Beshamai in this particular circumstance, and it has all Rosho Rubo Shokhano. Number two, Machlokis between Rabbi and Rabbanon about the minimum dimensions of a structure are only Legabi Sukkah, because Sukkah is a Dira Sarai. But even Rabbi would agree with the Rabbanon that for any kind of permanent structure, a permanent structure must always have minimum dimensions of Dalit Amas by Dalit Amas, because any home that's less than Dalit Amas by Dalit Amas, by definition, does not serve the function of a home. All right, we'll pick up Emir Tashem with the Achen Shachal Gutemar. Oh yeah, see you tonight.